This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jacob Gaffney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Housing Wire, and I'm here for our uh, latest and potentially best podcast series with all the HUD executives that we're speaking to today. We have a very, very interesting uh, personality. His name is Adolfo. Uh, he's a special counselor and uh, he has a very unique take on uh, the role of HUD and uh, he works directly with Secretary Carson. How are you this morning, Adolfo? I'm doing terrific, Jacob. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. So let's go ahead and uh, let's, let's launch right into your biography for our listeners and uh, tell people who you are and what you do. All right. Well, great. Um, my name is Adolfo Marzol. I'm a senior advisor to the secretary, as you mentioned in your uh, intro. Uh, this is my first stint uh, in government. I started May of last year working for the secretary. Uh, prior to that, I spent 30 years in the private sector in the housing finance uh, industry. Uh, most recently before being at HUD, I was a founding member of the management team that started a mortgage insurance company called Essent. Uh, we launched that company, DeNovo. We took it public uh, in 2013, been very, very successful. Uh, I was uh, ex- um, uh, vice chairman and executive vice president of the company. Uh, prior to that, uh, I did significant stints uh, at Fannie Mae. I spent a decade at Fannie Mae, including being chief credit officer of Fannie Mae for six years. And I was also the chief financial officer of Chase Mortgage. So uh, single family mortgage finance is really my professional background. And you're now, like you, like we said, in that unique position of being an advisor to uh, to the Secretary of Housing. You know, the uh, potentially the most powerful position in all of the national housing landscape. And I have to ask, with someone with such an extensive uh, history in the private sector, why did you why did you choose to go into public service and work at HUD and work for you know Secretary Carson? Well, re- really, two things. One. Main reason was Secretary Carson. Um, I was an admirer of the secretaries. I was convinced that he would be uh, an exceptional leader for this organization. I had a sense that he was going to put together a very strong team here uh, that would be the kind of team of people that I would want to be be uh, part of. Uh, I've worked for se- either directly for or closely with seven different CEOs. Secretary Carson essentially is the eighth. Um, and I think he's as good a leader as anyone that I've been associated with and had the pleasure to work for. Um, the second reason is it was a very unique opportunity mm-hmm. to bring 30 years of private sector experience uh, to the government. And I think the secretary was looking for people. Uh, the secretary's trying to run HUD with more business-like uh, efficiency and effectiveness. He's trying to bring more private sector expertise uh, into the government. And I think um, I, mean, I was able to make a contribution to that. And I think that one of the things that the secretary is leading is um, not just bringing that efficiency, but also a healthy, you know, dose of, of reality. You know, he's still very much grounded in his personal history with uh, public housing. Um, as you know, we, we recently had a 
he was on this show as well. So, uh, you know, that, that came up a, a lot, uh, his history, you know, as a, as a surgeon, um, as well as is helping him to 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 make his day to day decisions, but uh, you know this conversation is about is about you, and we want to know you know I mean you worked at Fannie Mae, you worked at Chase, you worked at these you know you started a mortgage insurance company. There's got to be something about you that keeps you grounded in your work that keeps you still connected to the to that housing market. And tell us a little bit about what that could be. Well, um, you know, I was born in Cuba. I'm a Cuban refugee. Huh, okay. uh, my my parents, uh, I was very fortunate. My parents were able to get out of Cuba in, in 1961 when I was only a year old. Um, and I remember very distinctly, my, my parents were able to buy their first house in the United States, which was a huge uh, a huge part yeah. of our family history uh, in the mid '60s, and they actually bought that home with an FHA mortgage. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I come to it having having lived firsthand the opportunity that uh, a program like FHA can give people that chance to be on the first to get on that first rung yeah. of home ownership and to get on that first rung of of the wealth building impact that that can have in people's lives. Um, at the same token, by the same token, I'm also very grounded in um, risk and risk management. And so I think a lot about making sure that we, as we do our work here, that we balance giving people that opportunity with making sure that we fulfill the secretary's mandate to be good stewards of the taxpayer's money and to be very cognizant about balancing, fulfilling our mission with protecting taxpayers. Mm-hmm. And you know the, uh, the the world has changed so much since uh, since your parents got that home, but in many ways it's stayed the same. You know the FHA remains that lifeline for those low to middle. You know it's it is the fulfillment of the American dream, right? It's a it's 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 giving a finally a place to call home in a, in, a, in a righteous capitalist society that's built with the rule of law. It's, it provides so many opportunities and, uh, and it produces individuals such as yourself who come from a family of just hardworking, salt-of-the-earth people. And then you go in and you're, and you're kind of paying it forward. I mean, that's the way I look at it, right? That's the way I look at it. And now you're, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's very fair. I'd also say, you know, I think that what we want our FHA to be, we, we have a private, we believe in the private sector and we have a lot of private sector uh, activity. We have a lot of private sector mortgage financing. A lot of mortgage financing happens with private capital. What FHA does, I think, is really help complete the marketplace. Uh, the the risk appetite and the ability of the private sector to serve so, some borrowers, that risk appetite just doesn't reach some borrowers. But those borrowers are credit worthy. They have a good chance of success of home, at home ownership. Uh, and FHA gives them that opportunity, and that's that's what we're trying to get. We're trying to find those borrowers, serve them, uh, and make sure they're successful at home ownership. We don't, we don't want to put somebody in a mortgage mm-hmm. that doesn't have a chance to to sustain it and succeed at home ownership. A foreclosure doesn't do anybody any favors. I I, I agree, and you know the uh, 
and the the affordability issue, the accessibility issue, are are major major problems facing the nation right now. Um, and you know, just today the jobs report came out, and unemployment is as low as it's been since your parents basically came to the country. It's uh, it's just the jobs are booming, wages are up. Uh, somehow you would think that housing could be catching up, but it, it continues to lag and you know, everyone wants to know what is the, first of all, what is your feeling? Does the administration feel like that they're addressing it? Um, and let's not, not, just not say the administration, let's say HUD itself. Let's, let's focus on that. When, when you're there you're, and you serve as counsel, how much is sort of the conditions of the nation? How much is that factored into your conversations with the secretary and everyone else, if at all? Oh, no, I think it factors in, you know, very much. If you look at the agenda of the administration and the agenda of the secretary, you know, advancing economic opportunity, promoting self-sufficiency. These are really important parts of the agenda and having a strong economy. Uh, first of all, I don't think it's an accident. I think it's the result of, of sound policies that the administration has put in place. I think having jobs is, you know, fundamental to, to then having that opportunity uh, of, of at home ownership. And the only thing I would disagree with you on a little bit in terms of your opening comments is, you know, housing has been very strong. Home prices, remember, it's not that long ago that we had a terrible uh, crash in the housing market. Uh, home prices lost a great deal of their value. Uh, foreclosures were rampant. You know, we've had now, I think we're on our sixth year of home prices rising six, about 6% a year. We've had a very strong recovery in, in the equity that, that people have in their homes. We've clearly got a very strong demand for housing. And the challenge that we really have is with, with, with interest rates still being affordable, although they've risen some of late, but interest rates generally still being historically low, a strong jobs market, you know, we're just lacking a bit in terms of the supply of housing. Um, to meet that, you know, to meet that strong demand. But I think, I think we've had a very strong housing economy and it's been a source of jobs and it's been a source of economic growth for the country. And what is the specific area of housing then if, um, if we can dig a little deeper that, uh, you, you know, um, and, and let's say like you, you mentioned uh, having a bit of a different perspective than me. And I'd like to think that I have a pretty good, you know, voice of the of the people. I, I know Housing Wire's audience really well and how they serve the American public in, in many ways, some of the same people you serve. And, and they do read us as well. So we do have a bit of the of the connection with the borrowers, but mainly, you know, we are focused on the mortgage industry itself. And that's, you know, that's part of the public too. What, what, what can we really get ourselves more attuned to? Uh, you know, if there's an area of housing that we need to understand a bit more about FHA or or anything like from your unique perspective, where are we missing where our attention should be? Well, I, I, maybe I can just tell you a little bit about some of the things that I've been working on over the last uh, year where my focus has been over the last year. And hopefully that will be something of, you know, of interest to, to your audience. Um, a, a lot of my time over the last year has really been in that space of balancing the mission that we serve with protecting taxpayers. And we've been very actively 
implementing some very, very important reforms. One of those areas, which is a bit of a niche area in the mortgage market, but has been very impactful to HUD and to FHA, has been the reverse mortgage. Um, we really inherited a, a uh, I would say, sort of financially and operationally troubled program. When we did last year's uh, actuarial review and annual report to Congress, we found that the program uh, had, had cost taxpayers and cost the mutual mortgage insurance fund $14.5 billion. We realized that we just had to get this program on a financially sounder footing. We made some really important changes last year that went into effect this fiscal year uh, to try to get that new business coming in to be on uh, more economically sound. And we just made some additional changes. We identified in that program that we were seeing a fair amount of appraisals uh, that we rely on for, for extending mortgage credit being inflated and that we were committed to managing that risk and reducing what we call appraisal bias or appraisal inflation so that when we make a reverse mortgage, we're making it on a sound value of that home that we can then rely on as collateral for the future. So that's just an example of one area of you know, really important fiscal reform that we've had to address to, to protect the mutual mortgage insurance fund. That's uh, that's interesting. You'd say that, and uh, I'm very excited <laughs> to hear you. Not excited for the performance for the for the Heckin performance by by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but uh, when I said that, I feel like we have a pretty good grasp on uh, the direction things are going. Housing Wire recently purchased a uh, reverse mortgage publication called Reverse Review, uh, simply because we, you know, we read that actuarial report and we felt that there needed to be more information getting out there about how the program is being addressed and corrected because the aging in place initiative is going to be so important. Um, not just in the next two, three years, but in the next decade in terms of uh, the exposure uh, that taxpayers have to this to this level of uh, and and just the need for uh, keeping you know people such as uh, such your parents, my parents keeping them in their homes and giving them the option uh, that they deserve to to stay in places it 's going we 're going to need the reverse mortgage market to really strengthen in that regard so I agree. Um, do you think we could be doing more to get that message out to the public? Do you think it's uh, going to be a question of uh, getting people to understand? Do you feel that people still misunderstand the concept of a reverse mortgage and how it relates to, you know, versus a, a purchase mortgage, for example? What are some of the challenges you find in getting that message across? You know, it, 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 it's interesting that you say that because I do think in some ways from the perspective of the borrower, the reverse mortgage is, is a very simple product in terms of your ability to borrow against the value of your home and, and, and never have the obligation to make a mortgage payment. And, you know, for a lot of seniors who own their own home, uh, who have value in their home, who want to age in place, uh, at a very basic level, uh, it's a it's a, it's an elegantly simple product and it's a powerful it can be a powerful solution to help people you know age in place stay in their home and live a more comfortable life deal with medical bills etc. From a financial level, uh, dealing with it here at HUD uh, for our, our our lenders and servicers, 
it's probably one of the most sophisticated and complicated uh, mortgage products offered in the U.S. mortgage market. Yes. And so it's 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 one in which, in many ways, I say to my colleagues when we talk about the reverse mortgage, everything that you know about mortgages from the forward mortgage market, the traditional mortgage market that everybody knows and understands, is different when you think about it in the in the world of reverse mortgages. So it's one that you really have to put a different a different thought process on uh, to understand the product and evaluate it and understand the the risks and whether it's going to be a self-sustaining, financially self-sustaining product. Because when we have a, a mortgage product in our mutual mortgage insurance fund, that product is supposed to be self-sustaining. The premiums that we collect from borrowers are supposed to not only cover the future losses that we expect, but leave a bit extra for, for capital in our fund. And so that's something we have to calibrate very, very carefully. And it's uh, it's it is going to be a challenge, you know. Um, there is uh, a lot of cleaning up that I think uh, the uh, Secretary Carson is 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 faced with with um, with HUD and in, enacting his vision. So uh, very excited to see where you're going. I have uh, one more question. So we're coming to the end of our six questions, and I've got one more question for you. Um, let's go back to when you were at J.P. Morgan Chase. You were you were the chief financial officer. And, uh, or we can even go back even a little further than that because you, I'm sure you didn't, you weren't always an executive, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> started, <laughs> started, I don't know if I'd say at the bottom, but started in the, in the, in the, you know, closer to the bottom than the top for sure. So how close to the bottom are we, are we talking? Is it something you could discuss or? Oh yeah, no, I think I started as an analyst working. I, I was hired into a, mortgage banking company without uh, an independent mortgage banker, uh, without really knowing that much about the mortgage business. I was just thankful to have a job coming out of coming out of the University of Florida and uh, was the assistant to the uh, chief financial officer and did everything from, you know, bringing coffee and sandwiches at lunch to to starting to work with the very rudimentary uh, spreadsheets, uh, electronic spreadsheets that just started to become available when I was a young analyst. So mm -hmm. and, I got uh, to learn the, I got to learn the mortgage business at a small company from the bottom up. And that has, that has served me very well as my career has, has progressed. But certainly now that you're, you know, rubbing shoulders with the most powerful people in housing finance, uh, you, you got to have some advice for that, uh, for that young guy who's out there getting coffee and sandwiches, if you ran into him at the coffee shop, what what was some what would what would be some of the things you would tell him if he'd say, "Look, you gotta you gotta help me out here. How how do I get better at doing what I'm doing?" Uh, I think the advice I would give is I would say talk less, listen more, um, ask more questions, and ask for feedback. Um, if I think those. Those are lessons I wished I learned them. I finally did learn them, but I wished I'd learned them a lot sooner because, mm -hmm. because as I've gotten older, they've served me, they served me very well. And I think they would serve anybody starting out in business or early in their career. If, if those are skills they don't have, um, I think they, they, they would really help you if you, when you get them. It's uh, interesting, especially with, uh, you know, today's generation and uh we have and i've actually talked to the deputy secretary pam patno about this the the role of mentoring uh younger millennials as they enter into the market and housing wire is you know consistently looking to um 
we, we, we typically make our hires in, in that generational base and we look for that for the mentorship program. And I will tell you, they don't go get coffee and sandwiches. <laughs> there are a lot of things, but they're not, they're, they're not going to be errands. So things have changed a lot. And, uh, and I think, but I think the advice to talk less and listen more is definitely uh, universally good advice. So I think that, uh, I think that that would, that would serve everyone a little bit better to roll with that. What do you think? Um, it, it, it certainly has helped me out. And uh, I think that, you know, when you start out in business life, you think you have a tendency to be young and kind of think that you know everything. And the reality is you need to benefit from the wisdom and the experience of, of the colleagues that work around you uh, and the, the, the expertise that they've built up. And the more you can absorb that, uh, the, the faster your career will develop and, and you'll, you'll absorb it more quickly by letting them share with you than you talking at them. Well, I'm definitely going to share this part of the podcast with my millennial reporters that I have on staff. I'm going to make them listen to it. I hope that, uh, Jacob, I hope they don't take, they don't hold it against me. <laughs> I think, uh, how, how could they, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been speaking to Adolfo Marzal. He's a senior advisor to HUD Secretary Ben Carson and many, many other things. Uh, sat down with us today to learn a lot of real, really fascinating personal history. I wish you the best, Adolfo. Thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking to us this morning. Jacob, thank you so much for having me.